da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. It's showtime. Brian, what's the movie of the week? We're not doing a movie of the week, Kent. We talked about this. We're going to be doing a... <laughs> this is going to be your bonus episode, dear listener. It's kind of a rants and raves, and it's going to be like a little fun, bantery summer recap episode. I call it the Mad About Movies Summer Recap Extravaganza Jamboree. Bonanza. Awesome. And pro fireworks, fireworks. So yeah, it's been a couple weeks, guys. It has. I, I've missed you guys so much. It's been tough. I had to actually look for my microphone this week. I couldn't remember where I put it. It was because it's been so long. I think it's the only week last week in the history of the show where we didn't release a new episode. The only it's seven day period. Time. I think you're right. Left you left you without a dope pod to step to <laughs> step to step to. Yeah, it's been a while, guys. I've missed you. Kent and I did a show a while back on the uh, Straight Outta Compton. Brian, we're going to talk to you about Straight Outta Compton here. Yeah, I saw it last night. So yeah, I'm really? Like two weeks behind, yeah. We're going to talk a few other smaller movies or movies that maybe not all three of us got to, but maybe a couple of us got to yeah. throughout the pod. And we're going to break down some movie news, and we're going to have a good time. Most importantly, have a good time. Right. A good time will be had by all. I need to ask, though, are you guys chill bros? <laughs> oh, we're chill bros. <laughs> okay. Totally <laughs> chill bros. But I say it bra, so... Yeah. Cool. Let's bro out, guys. Let's bro out hard. <laughs> Should I tell the listeners what I told you guys earlier today? The the clickbait I felt victim to? Yes. So I fell victim to clickbait, which happens I'm right. more often than I'd like to admit. I'm I'm a patsy. And so I'm clicking through this clickbait and it's like twelve celebrities who you didn't know were smokers. And I'm like, Yeah, I'd like to know that. That's interesting information for me. <laughs> and so I'm clicking through it and it's like super obvious. Like the most right. obvious people. And then it gets to Catherine Heigl. <laughs> it gets to Catherine Heigl, and it's like, she is trying to quit her habit by smoking an e-cigarette. And I was like, of course Catherine Heigl vapes. <laughs> Duh. Guys, we talked about this on Heigelcast just three days ago. We don't need to. <laughs> yeah. For by the way, subscribe to us. Heigelcast. Yeah, yeah. Our other podcast. All things Heigl all the time. When we started the Heigelcast, there were a lot of competing Catherine Heigl podcasts, but now we're the only one left. <laughs> Well, there's the crossover crest toothpaste, Catherine Heigl. <laughs> oh, man. Man, I missed your guy, you guys more than I yes. thought I would. Yeah. It started out like a nice vacation away from you two, honestly. But now, after a couple of days, I started to get sad. Kent, how, how was California? California? It was good. It was everything I wanted you it to be. you take the 405 to the 1? I did. I took it to the 10, exited Coanga. What are you doing here? We might be the only Trey. people to find that bit funny, but gosh. I think a lot of people so do. It, the, the sad part about that was is that they discovered that bit a good three months before everybody left. Like, everybody yeah, left yeah. us know. They're like, dang. Like, imagine what that could have been over a year's time. Like, they did it at the reunion, too. I yep. think both years that it was on, it was always in the, like, worst 20 skits or sketches from uh from this season of snl and i disagree wholeheartedly <laughs> but Absolutely. no california was good i'm back back in the saddle back in texas the deep uh, deep part of texas yeah i've missed it it's good to be back it's good to be back good. in my own it's 100 studio. degrees and uh and angry uh but richard one thing i thought I, that i had to mention to you specifically that has come down since the last time we spoke was Take the that, uh 
was the <laughs> Macbeth trailer. Yeah. yeah. What is, what's your what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I'm very excited. I like Shakespeare on the screen when done well. It doesn't. It happens like once every ten years. Macbeth is not one of my favorite, but I mean it's fine. It's just just because I've seen. Okay, obviously it's a brilliant work of literature. I'm not saying that, but I've seen Macbeth done poorly more than I've seen any other Shakespearean play done poorly. Hmm. Um, but I think this is going to be awesome, and I'm super pumped. Fassbender's the man. And uh, I I can't wait. So Brian, I think, but it's his favorite Shakespeare. It is. I'm a oh, Hamlet yeah. guy. I'm yeah. a Hamlet guy because one time I asked my friend Tim Reggett's Professor Tim Reggett's, "What's your favorite Shakespearean play?" And he said Hamlet because if you're gonna like one, you might as well like the best one. That's fair. Um, so I'm <laughs> so I'm gonna use that quote against you because this is the man of letters. Uh, <laughs> Brian likes Macbeth, and it's very action packed and it's fantastic. Yeah. And I think this is going to be the best interpretation we've seen on a mass level. And I'm super stoked. Brian, I want to hear your thoughts. And Brian, let me – I know you, you like it, though. Yeah. You like Macbeth because uh, you like death. You just like death and yeah, things that I'm bring death upon big, people. Big fan and of death. Yeah. Just, uh-huh. Yeah, I think that's pretty Just fair. death freak. That's right. actually your uh, hashtag that we use right. when, when talking about you on Twitter. <laughs> you should look it up. Death yeah. freak. Hashtag. Okay, sweet. Get it trending. <laughs> I'm nervous now. Continue. Yep. No, Macbeth is my favorite Shakespearean work. I have I, I own a copy of two works of Shakespeare. One is Macbeth, and the other is Julius Caesar. I just think those are, I don't know, those are the, those are my favorites uh, in English class growing up. And uh, I I don't know. It's been years and years since I've read either one of them. But you should come see the uh, come see the uh, the uh, uh, Hamlet with me. I will uh, with at the Angelica with Benedict. Maybe that'll get you. Yeah, that'd be great. I, Hamlet's probably my Steven number three on my, on my list. I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan of that one as well, but I, I don't think I read Hamlet in high school and yeah. I had a, it's I had a 10th grade, uh, English teacher who was really great. And the only good English teacher I, I ever had. Um, and she, she took a bunch of ninth graders who had just had Romeo and Juliet slam down their throats for, for three months. Uh, and I hate Romeo and Juliet. I think that's like the worst Shakespearean work. And we all hated it. And she, I think by the end of the year, she had taught us to appreciate Shakespeare and, um, some of the other, you know, big works from that era. But, but Macbeth and Julius Caesar were the big ones that she got us working on. And I don't know, they stuck with me, I guess. Macbeth is awesome. I did a project on Macbeth, and we we scoffed at you know the the tradition of calling it the Scottish play because it's right. a cursed work, and we scoffed at it uh, because I'm not a superstitious fellow. I'm just a little bit stitious. Little stitious, sure. yeah. I'm a little stitious, and uh, I uh, I scoffed at it, and then we brought we had to film a project for it, and we brought the DVD in, and we put it in the this honest to god truth. So I think sophomore year for me as well. And I put the DVD player in the DVD player in the classroom, like the rolling television, and it caught on fire. <laughs> Me and uh, Ken's cousin, actually, Chase Alexander, we were nice. like, well, I guess this is an actual curse. <laughs> so we will call it the Scottish play from now on anytime we have to deal with it. So uh, but, uh, the, <laughs> the, uh, the Macbeth curse apparently lives at, through the halls of the mighty cardinal. Wow. Uh, Kent. This is disturbing. What are, yeah, I know. What are your thoughts on the uh, on the Macbeth trailer? You know what? Not going to act like a big Shakespeareanite here, uh, if that's even a word. Sure. I have that. I have that corner pretty well covered, my friend. <laughs> Pretending to know anything about anything, but excited for the movie. Looks really good. Cool. So. Yeah, that looks like a that that could be a major Oscar contender. 
given that this has not been a the lot of trailers the last few weeks. The concussion trailer as well looks like suddenly, wow, that's a dark horse out of, yeah. out of nowhere. That looks like yeah. some great performances. Albert Brooks, guys, getting it done in the last five years. Awesome. Totally. He's, the man. He's great. <laughs> A.T. He totally that's... is, and I keep waiting for you to bring him up. I, I know. feel like you can make the best case for him, but he's it's been on my list from the get-go. We should talk A.T.'s today. Actually, oh, it's the first episode of the month, so we should I talk ATs it. here in a few minutes. Well, maybe Boom. I'll, and maybe Albert Brooks will be one. Who knows? All right, maybe not. If I have anything to say about it, no. <laughs> maybe Army Hammer. Who knows? <laughs> See, no, definitely not. No. Not <laughs> yet. Not yet. Two thirds majority, Kent, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, Kent has the ultimate vote in that. Though he is the administrator of our website, right? That is true. So we can both vote and to put somebody up. Nope, yeah. Not happening. And Brian yeah. and I would be completely helpless. Right. He I'll did just, that all three times that we voted a Texas Tech quarterback into the all. I'll just American put. I'll, I'll just put Bill Cosby back in and put an asterisk that says uh, by Brian Gill, and then put Brian Williams back in and put an asterisk, asterisk that says inducted by Richard Barton, and then we'll be. Uh, okay, my pedophile. You're gonna have one. You pushed pretty hard for Jared from Subway. Yeah, I did. And you're lucky we voted that down. You're right. I forgot about that. <laughs> That must have been in our uh, Paul Blart episode that never was released. It was too graphic. <laughs> it was too graphic. <laughs> the epithets uttered by all three of us were. <laughs> but it was an A-plus all around. We should right. add that to the oh, archive. Yeah. It'll definitely be on their top ten list, I think. Well, we got more movie news, guys. So what do you guys think of that concussion trailer? The Will Smith. Uh, we got some emails asking us and tweets asking us to uh, talk about that. I think that looks pretty cool. Can't you work within the NFL? Yeah, it it's not a subject that people like to bring up a lot in the NFL sure. circles. Right. And I have a feeling it'll be quite a discussion around Thanksgiving whenever it comes out and we're all sitting around Thanksgiving day watching football on TV like feeling kind of right. guilty about it. I mean, it's going to yeah. be one of those kind of things and cuz it's a it's a interesting discussion, let alone, you know, what kind of a movie it's going to be is uh d- to be determined. Right. But uh, interesting discussion, and it's something that needs to be discussed more, I think, out of the context of the movie. Uh, I'm glad the movie's there to, you know, shine light on the issue. But, uh, yeah, sad, sad issue, and it's going to be a contender, I think. Yeah. Good to see Will Smith come back and do something. It's been – feels like it's been uh, yeah. like a decade since we've seen him. So good stuff. That and between that and Suicide Baltimore. Squad, he's, he's got a little work coming up. I'm excited. And a little Baldwin action, a little Albert Brooks yeah, action. That's right. It's good to see those guys getting good work. Those guys are the good. Yeah, I'm interested to see what Baldwin kind of role he's going to have in that. But man, it could be this could be a dark horse for sure. Yeah. It really could. The more I think about it, and um, it's all real life. You know, right. I mean, and I think that like yeah, I knew that, that movie was coming out at some point. I didn't factor it in at all into the 2015 Oscar race, and now it's like, oh, that's going to be right in the middle of everything, right? Based on the trailer. I also love the Man of Steel trailer, so who knows? Sure. Right. Which was the nominated for multiple Academy Awards, <laughs> so you came out okay there. I will give At you that. At the Jacked yeah. Awards, yeah. Michael Shannon won uh, for Best Neckbreaker. <laughs> best Neckbreaker. He did. <laughs> um, they yeah. released that earlier in the day. It's not yeah. in the main Any other trailers that have dropped? I know there's been a few in the past oh. couple weeks. I have to look some casting news for you, though. Oh, Really? Yeah. So have you guys heard about this uh, Russ and uh, Russ and Roger film? Yes. Yeah. The uh, it's a Roger Ebert kind of biopic 
Okay. Uh, with dealing about the relationship between Roger Ebert and Russ Meyer, who's a, a director. So uh, Will Ferrell is going to play Russ Meyer. Oh. Oh. Uh, which is which is fun. Um, who I'm going to play guess and do not look this up, guys. Who, I already did. Do, so. Oh, Sorry. okay. Can, who is going to play Roger Ebert? Let me ask you one thing. Is it uh, later years Roger Ebert or early it's years Roger Ebert? Early years. Oh, let me see. It's someone that is oddly omnipresent in our lives right now. I'm not saying it's not warranted, but it's oddly warranted. <sighs> Younger fellow, Josh Gad. Correct. Boom. Good pull. Ken oh, Garrison for the win. <laughs> That's the most obvious. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully he sings. Yeah. <laughs> is uh, is it about the uh, the Beyond the Valley of the Dolls? Uh, <laughs> I think so. I don't. Yeah, it play? is. It is. It is about the uh, about the creation of Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. It's you're, a debaucherous comedy. I'm serious. Uh, oh, okay. The Hollywood Reporter is calling it a debaucherous comedy centering on two outsiders who defied the Hollywood establishment and made one of the first X-rated films ever released yeah. by a major movie studio. Yeah, they focused so, a lot about a lot on that in his uh, documentary Life Itself. I don't know if you ever got yeah. to see that. Um, it was recommended mine last it's year. A, it's it was on a, Netflix, guys. You should check. Yeah, that it, out is, if, it is. It is. Yeah. But they they talk about that in there, and it'll it'll probably fall into cheesy biopic territory. It sounds like it would, right? With the cast, if maybe you just said, maybe uh, maybe we'll get a good director. Maybe um, F. Gary Gray will direct it or something <laughs> surprising. That would be surprising if he did that. <laughs> but so, so uh, speaking of him, Brian, yeah, you saw straight out of Compton. I did last night. Oh, yeah, late, late that. last night. It was uh, it was pretty good. I have not had a chance to listen to uh, your review yet because I didn't want to listen until after I had already seen the movie because I don't like things to be spoiled for me. But, we did uh, the entire thing with samples behind us and in rhyme. <laughs> nice. It was impressive. Nice. It took a while. And it's extremely, yeah. extremely R-rated. <laughs> then I so am both the sad around... and happy I missed that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched it last night. Um I don't think I'm as high on it as you were, Kent, but I, I liked it quite a bit. I thought it was very good. I thought the acting was tremendous. And I was also – I'm pretty impressed with F. Gary Gray, the way that he put it all together. When he's uh, focused, he's pretty good. Like his philosophy yes. is surprisingly decent in parts and surprisingly yes. terrible in he's parts. He's got a very odd set of uh, – a very odd resume. You're Let's saying see. Be Cool wasn't good. <laughs> That's what you're saying. Because if first movie I watched, Brian, you missed that on the podcast. That was the first Richard Barton walk off. Oh, really? Be cool. Nice. Wow. Started, started and, an era. Yeah. And even more balls was on a date and made made her lead with. <laughs> <laughs> so you're all welcome for that, awesome. listeners. If you can top that move, uh, I encourage you. So like, and they lived happily ever after. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, not only did we not, I don't remember who it was. <laughs> But, <laughs> awesome. but I do remember or ordering them to leave and saying this is not worth my time or yours. So you like the movie, Brian? Yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, I'm not a fan of biopics, at, just in general. I, I I just would rather see a documentary about NWA than I would a dramatization of NWA. Does that make sense? Like it just oh, doesn't. Yeah. It's not something that's super. That I just feel like I feel like a biopic in general just has. It just 
born with limitations that you don't have on other films. And it, it just kind of gets – I thought the moments in which Straight Outta Compton weren't super biopicy were really good. And the moments that were the most biopicy were sometimes not very good and a couple times even a little cringy. Um, not too, Then they were short, and then we moved on. I thought the acting was fantastic. Uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. O'Shea Jackson was awesome. Like, yeah. And I kind of felt like any – about halfway through, I felt like anytime he's not on the screen, I feel like I'm wasting my time. But then the dude playing Easy E really pulled it together as it went. So, as well. and I so what do you think of the uh, the young Dr. Dre? Because you texted me at the beginning of the movie and said, <laughs> "Yeah, Dr. Dre guy get better," and I was like, yeah. "He does." He, he grew on me because the okay, first good. the first couple of segments that were that were Dre intensive were I thought were bad. I thought he was bad, and I and and I thought that the the biopickiness of it was just all over the place and I couldn't couldn't really handle it but that's funny because that. because he's the only one on the cast who's a Juilliard trained actor like <laughs> yeah yeah and, and and it may not be him it may just be that you're when you're doing a biopic you're very you you're constrained you have to yeah. st- kind of stay within these very specific uh limitations like the old, I I'm more interested in like the one we just talked about the the Ebert bit and and the Jobs biopic as well because I think if you're going to do a biopic, you need to pick a very specific period in someone's life to do that. Like the end of the tour with, uh, uh, which we'll talk about here in a second. I, I think that's the way to do that kind of real life dramatization because when you're, when you're dealing with something as sprawling as a band's 10 plus year career, it just, I don't know. There's just only so much that you can do to make it, interesting and keep the keep it flowing in the right way you know this one kind of felt i think straight out of compton suffered from for me it felt like three biopics rolled into one and so it was real yeah. choppy in the editing i thought as well and so it, it either needed to be like an hour 45 or four hours two and a half hours is too long to like have a okay we were in we're out and this was an uh, enjoyable, informative, well-acted movie, but it's also not long enough to really get into all of the different things that I felt like Gray wanted to get into in more in-depth. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. it, it just I just needed either a little more or a little bit less. Um, but there were there were moments that were spectacular. I thought the scene in Detroit with uh, with the F the Police that mm-hmm. was an incredible sequence, um, and I I thought the scene with Cube. Uh, running the disc back at, uh, at at MWA was one of the better scenes of of any movie in the, this year. I thought I just I was just dying. I thought it was so funny yeah. and so well crafted. Um, anyway, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would when we heard it was coming out. You know, because I just I just don't care about the biopic in general. I didn't phrase it this way. I thought of it like the day ever day after, and it's a phrase we've used a lot better a lot on this podcast, and it's perfect for this. It's so much better than it has to be. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Like that movie, that movie could have been like a C minus and made exactly the same amount of money as it did. I feel yeah. like, but it's good and that's awesome. I think that's great. Yeah, it's it is also it's another movie that shows that the August market is so wide open if you can put a decent movie there. And it's mm-hmm. shocking to me that more studios don't haven't figured that out. It's like by the middle of July, all the summer movies are kind of burnt out. And then, like, Guardians last year just crushed for a month and a half because there's usually nothing coming in September. And so if you can release a good movie 
in the second or third week of August, you're going to have a really long run and it's going to make more money than it might have made if you would have put it in June or uh, or even like May. And so it's it's funny to me that it seems like every August, the last few years, we've had one movie that comes out of that month and it, there's zero competition for it. And I'm I'm intrigued to see if Hollywood will respond appropriately oh, yeah. i think we're definitely getting two live crew doc, uh, <laughs> next by next august no yeah. doubt the public enemy documentary is gonna be something special that one would actually be decent yeah. like that's a story to tell but hopefully all, all this matters is that we get a a full two-hour biopic on how genuine made pony all right i love it can we get at least 30 minutes on bone thugs though it's funny you said that because we actually talked about it on the episode that the original cut was uh, over three and a half hours of, yep. of straight okay. out of Compton. Yeah. So, right. and and I was telling Richard, I was like, man, I would love to see the four hour cut. You know, yeah, <laughs> I, I would really like to yeah. see that. Yeah, two and a half hours was pretty t- was pretty long, but it, but I think part of that again is just because it it kept, especially in the back half, it was very jumpy to me. It's like one scene here's Ice Cube in 1991, and now we're jumping. I don't know, a year forward, here's Easy e and now we're going to jump over. It just, it, it it was too choppy for me to, uh, I was also really disappointed that the hologram did not play Tupac, but whatever, you know. <laughs> it looked like it, man. That was as close to Tupac as I've ever seen. That guy looked exactly like no, Tupac unreal. and yeah. acted just as well as Tupac did. So, yeah. so we got it? more. Brian, I've, I mean, Kent, I've got a couple quick hits for you before okay. we head to American Treasures. I want your... You know, just give me a little hot take, a little yeah. Garrison hot take on, on a few different things. Number one, you and I can talk about this. The coach reboot is not happening. <laughs> wow. This one's the other two are serious, but this one let's talk about. Oh, I'm bummed. Yeah, I'm bummed. And let's end this podcast in defiance with the coach theme. What do you think? Okay. From now on. And and for a while, because it makes me happy because you know, it's a thing. I do it even. People fall asleep a lot of times with these podcasts. You know, songs. the only problem the only problem with it is, Richard, and I've looked into this, it's that there aren't very many high-quality versions of the song uh, you can download because apparently not a lot of people kept recordings of the coach theme. <laughs> well, for you that. and I did for every project we did in yeah, nice, and uh, I'll have to find one. Um, I, ba, 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 ba. But people fall asleep with these, you know, with podcasts on, and uh, it'd be great to jar them awake with a really loud... I'm kind of uh, Arch- already jarring them with toss salad and scrambled eggs, like in the middle of their <laughs> sleep patterns. I can't do well unless you're used True. to falling asleep to Frazier so every you, night. I, or does the coach cannon appropriately end where it should have? How do you feel? Uh, I would have liked to see in a reboot. Okay. I, I always like things I, I like, like familiar with, you know, um, I've always thought that I'd like to see Home Improvement come back or something. Yeah. You know? It like, basically just, is. Just that like show that he's on is basically Home Oh, sure. But why are there no Home Improvement re- reruns? I know. Basically. I know. Just like y'all were excited, for some reason, about Girl Meets World. Like, right. I, I don't care. No, I I'll, I'll watch it, you know, uh, because you have good memories about those times. That's how right. I feel about Coach. I, I've always wanted my, my favorite shows to stay on forever. I think everyone you, does. And yeah. they didn't properly tie up the the dauber storyline so um <laughs> secondly great tweet by the way the other day brian Thanks. so a couple other kind of tech things for although you. i think i misspelled dauber you did so, uh, brutally okay. it was terrible know. but that's okay it was so, like Corey right. wrote two other kind of tech things where you can't i'd love to get your feedback on so apple yeah. is exploring original programming to compete with netflix what do you think <laughs> are they really yeah they really are wow um they could, i mean i feel like with their in-house they have the enough Disney relationship oh yeah i mean 
Steve Jobs is still the largest shareholder of Disney, yeah. or his family is. And but I mean, the amount of money they have to finance it is just endless, literally. So mm-hmm. I mean, they could, you know, do fifty pilots and put them all out there, and then yeah. pick the best ten and not even yeah. lose money on it because it's their they own network. So. On- Put them on exclusively on Apple TV, which yep. is supposed to be launching here within the next couple of months, like their yep. uh, their streaming service. So, no, yeah, that that could be a very big and uh, real possibility. I actually would be surprised if they don't do that if they yep. have their own. They've already started to kind of do that with um, with Apple Music that launched. They have like their own um, Beats One. It's like a radio station, mm-hmm. but it's on every iPhone. So, I guess they're going to do that with TV and do you know their own shows and maybe uh your old favorites you know like the netflix like a customized netflix or something that that'd be great i agree wholeheartedly it's surprising it's taken this long so secondly a little bit i think i think they uh, i think they more have to compete with hulu and amazon amazon mainly because amazon's trying to be a tech company and failing so i'd like to see apple beat them at their own game and put out a couple of successful tv shows i think that'd be pretty funny i like it but continue no, and one more kind of tech story. This one's a little bit lesser on the uh, scalability uh, range. But Am- or Amazon, the aforementioned Amazon Prime, which I think is kind of an interesting uh, idea, mm-hmm. is going to offer start offering on Prime uh, movies and TV shows offline playback. So basically free downloads. of Free downloads. But, yeah, you, no. but you pay for it. You pay. This for is it. of ones you 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 buy. Correct. You would oh, host you're... It on your own computer on stuff you okay on on the Prime like on the streaming shows like transparent. You could mm-hmm. theoretically not stream, but instead download those shows and uh, and have them for travel or whatever you like, and actually host them on your own computer. That's actually interesting. It is. I thought so too. It's yeah. kind of an under underrated. Um, doesn't seem too sexy, but it's kind of a game changer if you think about all the people that travel with, you know, their Netflix and things like that for airplanes and and various things like that. To actually be able to host that data and uh, and content on your computer is kind of interesting to me. It's bold. It's very bold. But Amazon can do that. It feels very easy to pirate, though. Exactly, and um, they have no problem, I guess, just giving stuff away for free. Uh, imagine if Netflix did that and like, yeah, you can download these movies. It takes up space, but you can download them, you know, and it would cut for... in their user base by 30, 40% within yeah. six months. That would be, that'd be interesting. Uh, Brian, what do you think about it? Um, you guys are much more tech savvy than I am, but that would, if something like that was available and it was through a company like Amazon that I trust and that I, you know, is, I think is going to be around for a long haul, that would, that would be the first thing that would make my physical media consumption mm-hmm. i'd have to consider it i'd have to reconsider it because i'm i'm very much still i buy hard copies of whatever i'm gonna buy and uh, and part of it is because like i don't trust that it's gonna be there when i want it to be you know what i mean like i if sure. i sure. can't access it in as at a certain time or in a certain way or like Netflix just lost their deal with with Epic's movies. So thousands of movies are about to stream off of Netflix. If any of those movies were movies that I really cared about and I just got rid of my DVDs or my Blu-rays or whatever, I would be furious, you know. And so uh, to be able to – yeah, to be able to download it and have constant access to it, that would be that would be quite the game changer I would think. Yeah. No, I'm the same way. I I enjoy buying things as well and keeping yeah. them. 
So I don't want to rely on any cloud or anything to keep my most precious, Same. precious movies and memories safe. Well, it's the first episode of the month, mm-hmm. guys. What does that mean, guys? I think that means it's time for American Treasures. What are American Treasures, Kent? I don't know. What are they, Richard? American treasures are people that we like, that have a sense of humor about themselves, that uh, have a great career, and have been in the industry over 25 years, or are over 50 years old. And are awesome. And are treasures. And and American. I feel like we should talk about this, guys. Like, the cover, I sent you guys that magazine cover, I don't know if it was Esquire or GQ or what. Yeah, yeah. The Rock is an American treasure. I feel like, A, this is catching on, which is great, but B, we probably, like you said, Brian, you know, should have trademarked this. Should have trademarked it. Everyone's using American treasure now. We were early to the game. Yeah. It used to be national treasure was the thing that people would say. And now... That American treasure. The only people before us that used American treasure was the View. So we got to give credit where credit's due. (laughs) Well, that's our inspiration for the entire show. Exactly. That's implied. We're probably the most feminist show on podcasts. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Actually, definitely. Right. According Uh, to one guy. Let's see. Uh, Who are you going to bring to the table this week, uh, Brian? Uh, I'm gonna correct a wrong here. Okay, this is I. I don't even feel like I'm gonna have to make a case for that per, this person. So y'all let me know if I do. I said this person's name uh, a month or two ago and credited him as an American treasure because I was certain that he was. Kent correctly pointed out that he was not, and I was just flabbergasted and furious and uh, ashamed, honestly, that we let this slide. Uh, so I, I feel like this great injustice needs to be put to bed once and for all. So I'm going to nominate American treasurer Michael Douglas. Wow. Really? He's not in. He's not in. It's shocking. I know. That's a shocker. I'm going to have to double check that actually I, too. Okay. Well, he's not, he's not listed on the website and I trust your ability. Although yeah. as Richard pointed out at the beginning of the show, you could just, you could be tricking us or fooling no, I us. I promptly just... add everybody after, right after the episode. So I don't forget. Well, because he's not forget. on there, and so wow. it was shocking news. I think it was when we were doing Ant Man because I think Jason was on with us instead mm-hmm. of Richard. Better episode, but um, yeah, wow, it was... man, really, you want to go? <laughs> you want to go? Huh? I'll fight you right here. Uh... You go? <laughs> Over Skype, we're just throwing because it stinks. Things. Yeah, it stinks like poop. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, I I was shocked that we had left this one slide, and I think we should correct it. Wow. Uh, Richard, at pro or con? So I cannot make a case for Michael Douglas that can go under this podcast. <laughs> so I'm just going to say yes. A hearty yes. Well, that's two out of three. So my vote is irrelevant. But is, is it unanimous? Yeah. But no, what would your yeah. vote be? That would be yes. He was great. He was great in Ant-Man. He was my favorite part, actually. I needed yeah. more Michael Douglas. Go ahead, Richard. So I'm just going to go. With, I'm going to go throw back to the end of this episode. Albert Brooks, American Treasure. Okay. <laughs> Great com- comedy career, defending your life. Um, you know, a million great, or not a million, but, you know, true, uh, not true romance. What is it? I'm, ba- I'm totally, just hold on, broadcast let me start. News. I mean, Broadcast News, which he was brilliant in, is my favorite movie of all time, by the way. Uh, we should, we should put that in there. But, uh, Secret Life of Pets? Yeah. No? Not as much. Oh, that's not. But, uh, (laughs) 
but his accomplice defending your life he's in taxi driver he in the serious side of things he's in drive yeah. um he's in the upcoming concussion film he he's proven his worth modern romance gosh i couldn't remember the word modern uh that he you know a million films that he's written and directed defending your life uh real life uh the muse okay maybe not as much the muse uh but some great f- films that he's directed and written yeah. lost in america which is fantastic and some great movies he's acted in uh broadcast news like i said the aforementioned uh my favorite movie of all time which he was nominated for an oscar uh drive which he's fabulous in uh which i think is i think no one's going to remember drive in about 20 years but that's okay um everyone acted like it was the greatest movie ever at the time yeah. uh finding nemo uh kind of people forget about that one Right. Uh, a lot of work in The Simpsons as well. Yeah. Great sense of humor. Uh, a lot of work on SNL doing the exactly. little. Uh, he yeah. was the first to do kind of the directorial things that you know later on. Kind of the first digital short guy. Yeah. Um, I always consider him the West Coast Woody Allen, even though his his filmography isn't as expansive. It's it's certainly uh, at its height almost as good or as good. So uh, Albert Brooks is fantastic. Brian, please. Oh ahead. yeah. Yeah, this is that's an easy one to me. He's been on my list from the get go, like I said earlier. And I just uh, some guys you don't feel like I, I didn't feel like I was the person to make the case for him. So I mm-hmm. feel like he was your guy. And uh, no, he, he is Howard Brooks is fantastic. Um, I I think you can just look down his list. He has a lot of credits that you probably have forgotten if you're not like an Albert Brooks aficionado like uh, like Richard is. You may have forgotten how great he was in this or that. And uh, he's tremendous and is a great tweeter as well. So easy easy uh induction for me and one of the early adopters to twitter as well yes and yes i should mention that i should add that An accomplished comedic novelist as well kind of in the vein of, of vonnegut and uh tom robbins and people like that he has a he's a, a book called like 2030 or something it's some future year uh-huh. uh which was really well regarded and uh and great so um yeah and his little speech um at the end of uh towards the end of uh broadcast news where he says what do you think the devil is going to look like when he's around nobody's going to be taken in if he's a long red pointy tail no i'm semi-serious here he will look attractive and he will be nice and helpful and he will get a job where he influences a great god-fearing nation where he will never do an evil thing he will just bit by little bit lower standards where they are important just coax along flash over substance just a tiny bit and he will talk about all of us being really sales really being salesmen and he'll get all the great women one of the greatest great speeches in film yes. history broadcast news so yes. uh albert brooks american treasure kent what are your thoughts uh no hate him and would have voted no if not for brian no, just <laughs> no yeah yeah 100 percent. and uh good work when finding nemo too as well yeah totally very uh one of the biggest animated movies of all time and so some just really can't go un- like, unmentioned. And some really personal voice work in that. Like he didn't phone that in. Like Not that's at all. Some, some of the best voice work we've had in in the history of Pixar. I would say I'd put him in the top five for sure. Unfortunately, he doesn't host a syndicated talk show. Maybe the sequel would have been Finding Marlin instead of Finding Dory. <laughs> it's a little easier uh, cash cow there in uh, Ellen. But yeah, no, Albert's great. Very underrated. D- doesn't nearly get enough. Uh, recognition for his work and yeah. uh i think the, his best is still ahead of him i think we're gonna we're gonna maybe concussion is it so mm. hopefully um uh, i'm actually going to uh nominate someone from the world of tv and uh, i was actually reminded of this person last week when i was listening to howard stern and uh, howard stern had on uh, seth myers fred armison and bill Hader all in the same 
interview. Wow. And so they were just talking about, uh, you know, of course, their days at SNL and uh, just how their minds were shaped uh, comedically. And they all had an impression of Lorne Michaels. And they were just they, – they talked about Lorne probably for 25 minutes on the on, uh, on Howard Stern. And I, I looked it up on the website, guys. In fact, he is not an American treasure yet. We've got and a I was shocked. on this before. Yes. So, uh, great one. So I, was, I was very shocked. So I'm going to bring yeah. him to the table tonight. Uh, North America. Speaks, speaks uh, volumes to uh, the award uh, if, we, if we give this person the honor and title of, of A.T., yeah. Um, yeah. Lorne Michaels is Lorne Michaels. I should say executive producer of MacGruber. So automatic AT just, <laughs> you know, what we should do ballot. is we should go through the credits of MacGruber and add everyone. To, <laughs> even like the best the boy caterer. is yeah. an AT. Did um, you do the, yeah. Did you do the catering? You're in. Congrats. Paul Simon, you're, you can't come in. Sorry. Sorry, Lorne. Can't, can't be invited can't. to the after party. Some podcast for you when you're doing some editing or something later for the for your real job. Uh, Paul Simon is on the Baldwin podcast. Oh no! It's it's just I'm not going to tell you if it's good or bad. I just want you to listen to it. It's good then. A lot of hot bongo talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, let's name an album Graceland and then do all African music. Like that'll be a great <laughs> contradiction. <laughs> oh, Graceland! I love I love Tennessee. Oh, why, why am I hearing bongos? I don't understand. Why is there steel guitar in this? Uh, it's frustrating because Paul Simon, I think, and not kidding, is one of the three or four greatest geniuses of the 20th century in terms of songwriting. Oh, and I love Simon and Garfunkel. I've said that. I love them. hate Paul and Simon. he totally just wasted it on bongos for some reason. Like, I think he was so bored with like the kind of folk rock medium that he was like, we should add some cool bongos in here and just ruin the sound to me. But maybe people love it. Uh, so there you go. Three new inductees. That is a fun apartment. Man, those vests are on the way, and I cannot wait to see Lauren on SNL. Who of those the... three is going to look the best in the denim vest? It's Douglas. Come on. Yeah, Michael Douglas. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, okay. One more thing I wanted to talk about, guys, and this, I guess, can be the, the meat of the discussion this evening. Uh, summer movie season is over and I, can we kind of reflect on what this year has been so far? It's kind of the halfway point, uh, movie wise. Yeah. And, uh, I want to get y'all's thoughts just on the state of the union, I guess, of, uh, of cinema in 2015. So who wants to start filibustering now? (laughs) Uh, I thought it was a, I didn't think it was a bad summer, but I was a little disappointed in it, to be honest. I just didn't. There were few films that I loved, and I think that's partly on us and people like us because we've been building up 2015 in our mind grapes for the last, like, three years. And and then it got here, and I think the back – I think the last third is going to be really strong, and Star Wars is going to make this year great no matter what. But uh, the summer movie slate was not – as strong as we as I thought it was going to be heading in, I yeah. was disappointed by several movies, and then there were several movies that I thought were were good, but they weren't great. And I really thought was... Entourage was going to carry the whole, <laughs> and it just didn't. And I'm I'm just, sorry, guys, just didn't live up to the promise of the pilot. Um, but <laughs> I think I think Inside Out was a great, great, great movie, 
and then I'm not sure that I for in my book I don't I don't think there was another movie this summer that was uh, that was that I would qualify as great and or even as like really good. There was a lot of A minus cinema for me, A minus to to B minus type movies. Yeah, Richard. I'm sorry, I'm eating some popcorn, which is very fitting for the uh, <laughs> Mad About Movies podcast. I just like to get in the character. Right. Very disappointing summer for me. Uh, I think it's totally a backloaded year. That's fine. I'm not going to hold it against 2015. Uh, the the great movies I saw this summer, um, Inside Out was very, very good. Uh, I like the end of the tour a lot, which is smaller, and I can talk about that more. Uh, I liked oh, – what else did I love? I thought that Mission Impossible movie was super fun. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of some original – Avengers 2 was a letdown. Tomorrowland was a huge... Tomorrowland was my most anticipated movie yeah. and was awful. Number two um, for me for this, the first half of the year. Yeah, yeah. same. That's a huge... Like, that's like, kind of what killed the summer for me, I feel like, which I mm. hate to put that much onus on one film, but, like, I was kind of counting on that one to be an anchor. We don't cast... We don't count Furious 7 because it was March, uh, right. but that's a summer movie. I consider yeah. that first half of the year a summer movie, so I'm going to say that was fun. Um... What else am I missing, guys? Uh, Avengers, yeah. meh. Yeah, Ant Man. Man's fine. Um, Can't really like Mad Max, and you and I weren't too, as high yeah. on it. Um, Mad Max, people love. I'm going to go ahead and vote that as a great summer movie because just because I didn't love it, there, I didn't not I didn't not love it because anything was wrong with it. It just wasn't for me. Sure, I, and I would be a kind of a jerk to be like no. So that is a great summer movie that. Was a, as much as it was a remake and a reimagination, it was an original film with an original tone, and that's a cool summer movie. So those of you that like that, you're totally right. I'm going to say that 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 was fun. I'm going to put that in the high list, even though I was checking my watch the entire time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Same. Jurassic World just dominated everything, and I think we all agreed that it was fine summer blockbuster fare, but that it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't anything minus. special beyond just what kind of money it made and and how I completely it, forgotten about it and I, I did too I, to be honest like I it just it was so forgettable to me yeah I don't think it was a bad movie at all I just think it was a B movie that a lot of people got excited about and that's fine and that's great and I'm totally good with anybody who wants to get pumped about that movie it just wasn't I don't think we're going to remember Jurassic World in five years like we might have, like we do, I don't know, Independence Day. You know, something that is more traditional summer blockbuster from our our past, I guess. Yeah, we just got, I mean, seriously killed on uh, an email and comments about not just loving Rogue Nation. And yeah. I, I apologize because I liked Rogue Nation. I don't know. I guess that didn't come across in the, in the review. Yeah. Uh, when I I I try to to point stuff out and, and name specifics on likes and dislikes, and sometimes I get more specific on the dislikes. Doesn't mean that I didn't have more likes. It's just sure. that's the way the conversation ended up. Uh, but yeah, um, that was very strong. I want to reiterate that that I liked that, it. That <laughs> and, would have been my probably my second favorite. Second, I think that was maybe the second best summer movie this this year. I would say. I I Plus still cruise. Yeah. Totally. Plus Cruise, I, I'll yeah. watch like 10 more of those movies. No problem. I may have a problem watching 10 more Jurassic World movies. Yeah, uh, I loved Mad Max. That's that's number one for me for the summer. 
Uh, I also really enjoyed or was surprised by, pleasantly surprised by Ant-Man. And yeah. that was one that I had high hopes for. I think throughout the year, I was like, guys, it's going to be good. It's going to surprise people. And after, you know, all the Edgar Wright stuff went down and we talked about it 10 times after that, y'all were of the opinion, like, no, this is, this is going to suck. And, uh, it did not suck. So no, I think that's a good. win. That's all cool. I really wanted it to not suck. So Poor direction, but otherwise I think was really, was really strong. Could have been better, yeah. uh, but wasn't, wasn't, wasn't bad. So. I'm kind of with Richard. I liked some of the smaller movies that I saw more than the bigger stuff. I liked I liked Dope a lot. Did either of you guys get no, to see that? I haven't seen it yet. That's getting a re-release in a, in a week or two, and that's that's worth checking out for sure. I thought that was really good. Ex Machina uh, still my might be my favorite yeah, of the year yeah. so far. So sure. that's sort of a smaller one. Not, not really yeah. summer. I guess I guess April. So right. Yeah. I enjoyed uh, the the Dirk documentary, but I was going to enjoy that even if it was the worst <laughs> movie of all time. And I liked uh, I saw Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, and that was pretty solid too. Maybe not as good as it hoped to be. I'm or you guys could get to uh, to end of the tour. So I'm going to do it at some. We'll point. talk about it later. Yeah, yeah. we'll talk. About it. Yeah, I'm. Ex- I really want to see that. I think with even having not seen it, I kind of feel like Siegel might be a dark horse for an Oscar nod on that because it really, it's kind of a weak year. And, and I'm telling you, and that's true. And that's the momentum and everything I'm telling you guys right now. And this is the mad about movies podcast. So everyone knows what connotation the following statement has. <laughs> Siegel's good. Eisenberg's better. Amazing that you put it out there. Just silence. I'm just, <laughs> no, just I, I haven't seen the movie. So I like Eisenberg in, in parts. It's his best since Social Network. It's the most fitting of his kind of persona. Good. Since... Yeah. These are the type of movies he should be doing, not playing freaking magicians. <laughs> Daniel J. Atlas, Richard. <laughs> Sorry. He's an illusionist. Not, not future American treasure, Daniel J. Atlas. Just the character, not the yeah. Oh, wow. No, we'll see I, how, I, this I... Is how part two plays out next year, boys. <laughs> so we're going to do that one live at Alamo Draft House? That, most, yeah, that might be the most anticipated thing we've ever yeah. done. Yeah, history. we might have to do, like, what do you think is more anticipated? So we talked, <laughs> I'm going to unveil a little news here because we have some time to kill before uh, we end. Second episode, yeah. um, <laughs> so we're going to do a Star Wars spectacular. We're talking three to four, maybe five part episodes of Star Wars. Right. We're All of have, them on Phantom Menace, weirdly, but yeah. We're going to have guests on. <laughs> we're going to have <laughs> listeners on. We're going to do a extravaganza of Star Wars. What is more anticipated, Star Wars <laughs> Episode 7 or our Now You See Me 2 episode? <laughs> I want to hear from the listener. <laughs> I want votes on Twitter. I want email. Twitter us at yeah. retweet M-A-M for Star Wars, fave for, uh, yeah. for Now exactly. You See Me 2. <laughs> Tweet us at MAM underscore podcast and, uh, and let us know which one you're more psyched for or email us at madaboutmoviespodcast at gmail.com. Once again, I want to know if you're more psyched for our Star Wars four or five part episode or Now You See Me 2 episode next year. Wow. Should we need to find a permanent place other than the website for the Now You See Me episode? <laughs> I need to have some kind of like thank you note every time you I've download an episode with it. that. Should in I listen there? to it? Is it good? I don't remember. It's just so I remember long I was ago. in a hotel in Baltimore when we recorded it. Yeah. And what I had if... a lot of five guys. I had a lot of five guys during the episode. Yeah. You know how we get an email like once a week from some company that wants us to create our own app? What if we created our own app and the only episode we put on it was the Now You See Me episode? Oh. We would get 
rest of time, it's yeah, out. There. We would get significant traffic from it. That's what's sad. <laughs> that was my whole mentality in the beginning. I was like, Richard, Gosh. we're not doing this because I don't want people to be able to search for that movie and find our podcast. Yeah, it's it so like actually, funny it might be. It's so funny to me that we still out of the blue. Would you say like it's probably not once a week, but probably once every once or twice a month, we get an email from somebody. Who ends their email with something like "P.S. Now you see me sucks. Thank you for <laughs> for sharing." Almost that. every other one, like it's it's, so it's really weird. Funny. Yeah, I love when it's like a non sequitur of like, <laughs> yes. "Hey, my name's Richard. I work a data entry job. Really enjoy listening <laughs> to your podcast while I do my job. You guys are great. It reminds me of watching the movie with my friends. Just want to let you know, last week's episode totally agreed on your take on X Men. Thanks a lot. Love, Richard Barton. P.S. Now you see me as a piece of crap, and you're like, oh, "Yeah, thanks, man." I, I don't <laughs> want to look up. It. I don't want to look up the name uh, because I don't want to embarrass the, the the listener. But somebody emailed us last week and said that they broke up with their girlfriend because she liked. <laughs> now you see me. No joke. Yeah, broke up with her, ended a relationship because I don't think this is going to work anymore. If you don't break up with her next time, just put her in a big water tank and then just watch. She it loved drop. the piranha scene. Yeah, just. <laughs> yeah. Well, what else we got, guys? Those are kind of our favorites. Let's let's do the the obligatory. What were what were the movies that were the worst from this? <laughs> oh man, oh, gosh, wow. Entourage, yeah, was terrible. Fantastic Four was the worst. Yeah, that episode. there it is. Yeah, Pixels, Pixels. <laughs> oh, Fantastic dude, I forgot Four. about Pixels. Pixels. That's how bad Fantastic Four was that it erased Pixels from my memory. <laughs> Sandler <laughs> should write them a check. Like, hey, yeah, hey, absolutely. Michael yeah, B. Jordan. Be here's, that... a th- here's 100 grand, buddy. Yeah, that's the way Fantastic Four can get profitable. Is uh, by the way, they they are doing a sequel to Fantastic Four. Like how? Oh, we'll see. <laughs> how could any of the cast want to do it at this no, point? I it'll have to be another reboot, and I imagine Marvel will take over at some point. Oh, I hope happens. so. I really yeah. hope so. Yeah, yeah. Those are the only bad ones. Uh, Term- Terminator is pretty bad. Terminator is pretty bad. Aloha, which I was the only one who saw, and it made me cry, and still makes me cry. So, Richard, did you ever see Terminator? Were you on that episode? I was. Man. That was a disappointing movie. Yeah. Beat down. Arnold. Stop. I love the Arnold. Just no stop. More. Yeah. No more Terminator. We don't need it. It doesn't work. It's just let it, let it be. Let it when be. Arnold is the best part of your Terminator. Yeah. In, in 2015. 2015. Yeah. <laughs> Not a great sign. Well, yeah. Some good, good and bad moments this summer. But yeah. uh, I'm looking forward to the the rest of the year. I need some redemption. Right now, I'm liking last summer more than yeah than this summer. I, yeah. I I can specifically remember more movies from last summer that I enjoyed than um, than this summer. Enjoyed them immensely more. Like Edge of Tomorrow, Days of the Future Past, I liked a lot. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. So there was more tentpole films that I attached myself to last hey, year. Dawn of the Apes was fun too. We're going to be Go crushing good. Our podcast is actually going to be difficult to do. Uh, I think I'm this confident in the winter and fall because there's going to be so many great movies that are going to be hard to critique. And there's going to be so many movies uh, that we're going to have a fun and difficult fall. And that's a good place to be. So I'm psyched guys. Let's launch into the fall. Goodbye summer. It's September 1st boys. We still have to do our TV episodes, uh, rants and raves episode. Yeah, point. we need to do that. We need and that. we'll do the pilot. If you're if you're a new listener, every year we do a pilot recap. Yes. So look forward to that as well cuz this year's slate of TV shows looks terrible. Really really a- genuinely bad as a whole. So that'll be fun. I can't wait. Um <laughs> It's already started. I watched Fear the Walking Dead pilot the other day and was just like, well, 
this is what it's going to be like this year. You did? Awesome. I, yep. haven't, I haven't watched it at all. Yep. By the way, I still don't have cable, and it's Man. been glorious. Just wow. so you guys know, it can be done, and I can do it during the free. summer. I, it's just sports. Sports is the only reason I still have a cord. I can do it not in the summer because I really don't care to watch baseball, and yeah. nothing else is on. Oh. So, uh, yeah. I might just get an to, HGTV app, and you'll be fine. When basketball <laughs> and hockey comes back, I'm going to have to get. I'm going to have to bite the bullet from apps. Okay, quick quick one from Brian and I. This isn't a weekly recommend. We're going to end the show with this because Brian and I talk about this more than anything. Yeah. If you um, are like a void inside and you don't feel emotions, which is most <laughs> of us these days, I would highly recommend watching um, Tiny House Hunter. Kent, have you seen Tiny House Hunters? No. Okay. Let is me it give little you people that... No. Uh, no. Oh. It's worse. So... But that's better. Let's, let's yeah. get that going next. So thing. it's people that have decided to downsize their life, kid, and they want to live for in some s- reason, right? And, yeah. yeah, they're always on the run. Great they're reason. always on the run for something like a, right. from some, like a divorce or whatever. Yeah. It is so always they, a divorcee or somebody who has made horrible financial <laughs> yeah, or a dude that's just like some hipster bro that right. wants to do. It. But they decide, you know what? I want to live in three hundred and ninety-four square feet. Or less. Or less. And then they tour these houses, and they go, they say, excuse me, Brian, take. (laughs) Choking on popcorn. So angry that he just got choked up. Yeah, so they they tour these houses, and they're all tiny. They're all like 150 to less than 400 square feet in size. And then the entire time, all that the people do is complain about how small (laughs) everything is. It's the best hate watch on television. I really feel like this room feels cramped. And then yeah. I scream at the TV. That's because it's 390 <laughs> square feet with a loft, you idiot. Please kill yourself. Oh and gosh. then I text Brian it's, frantically. Yeah, it's the and, best. And uh, I highly recommend you watch it, Ken. Yeah. Ken, you've the- got to start watching HGTV so you can get in on our conversations. I guarantee Richard and I text more about HGTV than we do anything else. <laughs> Like it's not sad I'm at all. Serious. I mean, it's, it's not. It's just, it's the. I don't. Yeah. It, it started with, you know, Richard has a girlfriend and I have a wife, and we, you know, have to watch TV with our significant other, and so you can't watch Sports Center all the time when you're in a room with a with a woman who doesn't care about sports, and so you, you watch the HDTV. But now, like, I watch it when she's not around. So <laughs> same. It's all like yeah. it's. <laughs> Lots of We're so domesticated. But yeah, so that's our love- next spinoff, by the way. Listener, if you're interested in Mad About HGTV, let us know because we're, we're thinking about that. But Kent, you have to watch Tiny House Hunters at least. It yeah. is the most infuriating thing. This one lady bought a 300-square-foot house and got rid of all the windows because they manufacture it for you. She got rid of all the windows so she'd have more room for her horse paintings. <laughs> her six-foot horse paintings. Wow. So just no light. Just <laughs> completely dark. Other than lamps, and she there's horse paintings in a cave, but with horses. Not her husband. He he did a number on her. But Brian, where can I find you online? You can find me on the Twitter at bgill12. And you can find my writing occasionally at the Mad About Movies Podcast dot com webpage. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on the Twitter at Richard Barden. That is B A R D O N. Or you can find me uh, even more occasionally on RichardBarden dot com. <laughs> or you can LinkedIn me. Uh, just search Whoa. Richard Whoa. Yeah, I'm just, it's getting serious. Yeah. I know. Snapchat us. Yeah, or you can Snapchat me uh, at Richard Barden. Kent, where, if I were looking for you, and you're a Snapchatter, you and I Snapchat, yep. 
You should follow us on Snapchat if you want to. It's fun. You can see. I don't know uh, my name on there. I think it's either. I have no idea what my name is, Uh, but I just follow people in my contacts. But if you want to look for me, feel free. Uh, Or Kent, Kent, where could I find you on the uh, on the interwebs? On uh, Twitter at Kent Garrison, and uh, find our show on Twitter at MAM underscore podcast. Find every episode we did on our website, and only our most recent one hundred go to iTunes. So if you want anything older than that, you're going to have to scroll back on the website or search search, or do whatever you want or don't. How about that? Uh, And if you'd like to keep the show going, you can donate the amount of your choosing on our website as well. Just click donate, which is on the homepage. And until next time, I'll see you at the cinema.